Welcome in, everybody, to Locked On Bills. Nate Geary, Jason Shannon here, bringing you our Wednesday edition of Locked On Bills, where we, uh, at least until the season starts, which is a long time away, uh, are going to sort of look at the position groups of need for the Bills. And uh, today we figured we'd start the cornerback position because other than the very best player at the position, Stavius White, there is a lot of questions about uh, the sort of the rest of the depth of the roster at the cornerback position. And, and Jason and I were talking beforehand about, you know, sort of some of the guys we're looking to retain. And I guess that's probably the best way to start um, as we sort of focus defensively now and, and at the cornerback position, obviously Tredavious white is going to be your bookend starting corner for the next, uh, you know, four years or so. And you look on the other side and EJ Gaines is a player that, uh, was sort of an afterthought, or at least that's what most people say about that trade, is he was the afterthought of the trade. They get a second-round pick, and he turns out to be a pretty nice player. It turns out that you know he, when he's in the lineup, they have eight wins, three losses, and then you know, when he's not in the lineup, they're, they're, a, they're a far worse team. So it's one of those things where he couldn't stay healthy, and I know that means a lot to this coaching staff and to this organization. So you know, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I – depending on what he's going to command on the market, he's an interesting, he's sort of an interesting enigma on this team. Yeah, he's definitely the guy that I'm having my most difficult uh, time figuring out what he's going to cost, what we should be willing to to pay because he certainly was outstanding when we, when we played uh, or when he played Uh, the secondary was better when he played. And, but there's, you can't get around the fact that he's missed, I think 26 games in the last three seasons. And, so to put a value on him, uh, it's just going to be difficult. And I think he's a must-re sign as long as the number is right. But at the same time, um, in the, his last year of basically his rookie deal, uh, he made five hundred and eighty-one thousand last year, and he's going to be looking for a big payday. There's going to be no uh, no one-year hometown discount for him. Yeah, that's probably right. And that's probably the deal I think the Bills would like to likely get from him and, and see if he can, you know, have a incentive laden contract that maybe protects the team if he, you know, can't stay healthy, but gives him an opportunity if he can't stay healthy to sort of maximize his earnings. I think that's sort of what the Bills best case scenario would be. I don't know that that's something that's realistic or something that they can expect um, when negotiation times comes. But before we get into Leonard Johnson, who I think the other key uh, retention candidate is going to be. Let's sort of set the market so we can give you an idea of what EJ Gaines uh, might be looking for. And, you know, this is most of our uh, market values are going to be based on, uh, on spottrack.com. And uh, the, the one that I looked at as sort of setting the, um, maybe setting the tone for the market, some people would think, um, you know, Tremaine Johnson is the guy that sets the market four corners. Uh, I, I would disagree. I think it's probably still Malcolm Butler. Uh, we were talking beforehand too, Jason, about how, uh, you know, they've basically chosen Stefan Gilmore over Malcolm Butler. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out because he's likely going to command, at least from sport, from spot tracks point of view, $13 million on the open market somewhere um, as the second or third highest paid corner in the league. So your thoughts on um, maybe where EJ Gaines slots in. I think he's somewhere likely in that eight to nine million that he's going to ask for. I don't know that the Bills are going to be willing to give it. Yeah, I think eight to nine sounds right. I eight sounds like something that maybe the Bills could do. I think there's a big problem that they're he 
there really isn't a second guy in my mind. I think, I think he's ahead of Tremaine Johnson and especially for uh, what we want to do. So uh, definitely Malcolm Butler is probably going to get some money as like the lead guy, sort of like how maybe Gilmore's um, stock was inflated a little bit. Um, so it's tough to say it's, it's tough to say whether people are going to look at gains and, see him as the second guy and think that maybe it's something close to Butler. But I think with the injury concerns, I don't think we have to worry about something astronomical too much. Um, But, you know, the the Bills built their cornerback uh, roster from scratch last year. So in a very like interesting way through trades. So I'm having a tough time predicting what they're going to do, but I can just say from my point of view, I think Gaines is still a guy that we should be retaining. Yeah, and and it's interesting because I was thinking about it from the point of view of like the Rams, like they trade away EJ Gaines. They really need corner help. They're losing Tremaine Johnson, who's likely their best corner, uh, if not their best corner. They're right there at the top. But you you look at they lose EJ Gaines and potentially Tremaine Johnson, and then they're going to have to franchise tag Sammy Watkins at what like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million for the wide receiver position. Yeah. So you know that that that's expensive. That's a it's an expensive price tag for the wide receiver position considering they. They paid Robert Woods, but, you know, looking at the Bills standpoint, I mean, so you look at Butler as setting sort of the market there and in the other guy that we're talking about retention wise is Leonard Johnson. And this is not a guy that is likely going to command that 8 million mark uh, in, in free agency, but, but likely up for a payday considering um, the, I, I think really good work he did this year for the bills in the slot. I think a position he was really meant to play. He's not a guy that can go and be, uh, be a guy that can play on the outside. He's really sort of that, that, that soul, that the guy that can cover those smaller wide receivers, he's not overly athletic, but he's great technique wise. And I don't think he's really ever a guy that gets beat in the slot. And, and I like that about him. I'd like to see them bring him back and they'll likely be able to get him at, at a pretty reasonable number considering, um, you know, he's coming off a season where he's a veteran minimum contract. Yeah. I think he exceeded my expectations as far as what he did in coverage this year. I think there were some reports that I had read that he just wasn't very good in it. He was, he was a physical player, but he was just sort of, you know, it started to look like a guy that McDermott just liked and wanted to bring over and let's see what he does. Um, and I think he did a really good job. I think he's going to get a, a, a little bump from the 855 he made last year, but I don't see any reason why we wouldn't retain him unless things just went crazy in, in free agency. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's a player, he's 27 years old. Um, you know, and I think that can kind of get lost too. Cause he doesn't seem like he's that young of a player. He's plays sort of like he's almost 30 years old. Like he, he plays like he's been around the league for a long time. And that's kind of what I, I think, at least in my opinion, what McDermott and what Leslie Frazier liked about him is he was a very responsible player. He was a willing tackler. I think that's, that's what you want out of your slot corner. And I think him and Gaines are two important aspects to this defense. If they can bring him back at a cost that's relatively, um, you know, good for this team, because, you know, as we mentioned, this is a team with right now with the contract to Tyra Taylor next year, a team that has $31 million um, available to them. So putting $10 million with the two of those, um, on the books for just the cornerback position is a, is a tough sell for me. Um, especially if, you know, you look at the quarterback position, what they're going to do there, are they going to bring someone in off the streets so that you're talking about, they don't have a ton of funds to work with. So if Tyrod Taylor's off the roster, you get that extra 10 million, that 41, that 41 million is, is, is a number that I think they could work with, but you, you got to be careful where you're paying that money to. And I think, I think Brandon Bean's got a plan. 
I just don't know if that plan's going to have another 10 or, or 15 million going to the cornerback position, you know? Yeah. I mean, right now the only proof we have is what they did last year and it was kind of doing things on the cheap going in trading for a guy that was on a very small contract and EJ Gaines on a one year signing right in, in Johnson for very little and having a rookie uh, first round pick in Trey white that, you know, they get the four years out of on a, on a lowish deal for a Supreme talent. So I, I think that we could do it the same way in free agency. Maybe we spend maybe not an early round pick, but you know, later in the draft where you get to lock a guy up for a few years on a low salary. Um, I you think know, that's hard. a brainer, right? Yeah. And you know, instead of bringing in, you know, practice squad guys or undrafted free agents, maybe we get to uh, fortify things a little bit, especially with these extra picks. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I, I, I think this team really utilized the veteran minimum contract players really well. A couple of them I thought really worked out for this team, you know, those future contracts, you know, Johnson being one of those guys that I think were the the biggest beneficiaries of, but you know, you look at the rest of the market and you see a lot of guys that are probably going to be overpaid. It's, it's not a great, it's not a top end market, meaning there's going to be a lot of guys who are perceived at the top of this market that are maybe overpaid because of the, you know, the lack of depth. And the one guy I look at, that likely will get overpaid is Kyle Fuller, but he's a young player. This is a, a guy that's 25 years old. He's one of the youngest players um, that, that has become a, a free agent. He's, he's really turned into a nice player for, uh, for Chicago. I see Chicago retaining him, uh, trying to bring him back. They, they have a lot of money to spend, but he's probably going to get overpaid. So I'm not exactly looking at him to, you know, as a solution as that other corner. So you look upwards and the next guy that sticks out to me a little bit too is, is Prince Mukamara and, He's never really been a guy that a team signed long-term. He sort of bounced around a couple one-year contracts, but I think a great zone player and a guy that I think would fit really well, actually, into uh, what Sean McDermott would want to do. Yeah, I think Mukamara is interesting. Obviously has the talent, has the pedigree from being a high pick. He's still only 26 years old, even though I feel like he's been in the league for for a while now. Um, he seems to miss a couple games every year. Um I guess he's only played in one full season in his career, but uh, I don't think anything major recently. That's just off the top of my head. Um, it, it's always interesting to see how guys uh, with first round pedigrees want to go into the next contracts, but he's been stringing around, stringing along a few short contracts. Maybe he wants to hit the big one here and this might be the market for him to do it. Cause I don't see like a, a ton of competition for him. Yeah, there's not. And if you look, there's actually a lot of older veterans that are going to be available i mean terrence newman's 39 years old he's available on here he played 16 games this year if you yeah. can believe that uh but i you know i don't see them going after anybody um that old i think they, they've got actually a, one of the older rosters in the league if you can believe it compared to how many young guys have been playing for him but d'angelo hall another guy 34 years old uh jonathan joseph 33 brent grimes 34 you know none of those guys pop off to me as guys that i'm looking for this you know this organization to bring in to help you know justin bethel's an interesting name from Arizona, he's a 27-year-old, 16 games last year, 39 tackles and an interception, coming off a $5 million um, a year average salary in 2017. I, I assume that gets bumped up a bit this year. He's, he's a nice player, but I'd be interested to, you know, to see if maybe he's a guy that's available. Who, who else sticks out to you on this list that maybe is a, is a guy you're looking at if, if they don't bring back EJ Gaines? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at this list right now. I think um, 
Mo Claiborne is always an interesting guy. Uh, had a one-year deal last year. Uh, he, he's been okay. Uh, people still think he's talented. I, I don't yeah. know where his contract would fall at this point. But I he's had an up-and-down up career. He's at right about – he played on a one-year contract last year for the Jets. Obviously, was drafted by Dallas with high expectations out of LSU. Didn't really live up to those those expectations. But I, I also think that, that, that Dallas was asking him to do a lot of things that he just wasn't good at, but he's not equipped to do. He's really uh, equipped to be a zone corner in the NFL, and, and that's obviously what the Bills are predominantly doing and what they're asking of their corners. And I think that's why a, a, a corner like Tredavious White in his rookie year can have such a, have such a great year because they're not asking him to take a lot of risks. They're not asking him to play man-on-man. Um, and, and I think that's important for young players. It's important for a lot of corners in this league that play – um, that zone better because they maybe don't have that athleticism, that strength. And, and I think Morris Claiborne really fits into that. And he's interesting though, because if you can get him at another two or three year deal um, at five, five and a half, that's interesting to me because that's, that's a totally uh, fair number for me, but can he stay healthy? He played 15 games last year in a contract year. So you like to see that uh, the year before. And, and that was really his issue in Dallas is he couldn't stay healthy, but you, you like to see him stay healthy. He's an interesting name. Um, like and that's you know really for that list honestly that that's basically what you're looking at is players like that and obviously what makes you know Brandon Bean and and Sean McDermott get to this position is you know they've got scouts they've they're they're understanding the market and maybe where they're going to address because they may not decide to address the cornerback position in frequency they may they may address it you know in in the draft as well I mean that's um, that's a totally other conversation in itself, but it, it is interesting what they might do next year. And, but for me, I mean, my plan a is it has got to be to retain both players, you know, EJ Gaines and, and Leonard Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the proof is there that it was a pretty decent unit. Uh, obviously sometimes you get interested in, or, you know, a little wary of guys that are trying to go get contracts, but I don't think I would worry too much about them. I think the biggest issue with Gaines is obviously the health and um, Johnson is just sort of his natural limitations, but I think you can live with them. And I think he did a pretty good job there. Yeah. uh, That's the one thing is you just want some, some stability at the position. Another guy too, that didn't actually play much because I think he actually had an injury a a few games into the season, but Sterling Moore, a guy that I think walked through Bill's training camp at one point, but then ended up going to new Orleans uh, like I said, only played six games last year, but only 27 years old and, and, and has proven that he can be a physical corner. He's interesting. Nicole Roby Coleman is another guy, uh, but uh, you know, they, they moved on from him and I wouldn't suspect they bring him back. Although he is only 25 years old. He actually had a pretty decent season in LA. Yeah. I, I was thinking about bringing him up and it would, I guess it would be weird to bring him back, but at the same time, that was, was that two years ago? That was yeah. under a different regime, right? So, yep. um, in the same way he has, major physical limitations but at the same time plays with a lot of heart um is a pretty good guy covering in the slot and is a pretty decent tackler sometimes he naturally gets trucked because he's tiny yeah you know the thing with roby coleman is he gets a bad rap for a couple of those games against where he you know he's getting exploited against gronk and it's like well sorry rex i mean you're putting him up against rob gronkowski yeah sorry he's five foot nine on a good day like five ten so like he's not going to match up against Rob Gronkowski. So I don't know. It's the, the other guy too, that at least has 
I think played back into the thoughts of a lot of people's Patrick Robinson in Philadelphia mm-hmm. this year, 30 year old. So he's sort of on the back end of his prime of his career, but played in 16 games, four picks. Uh, so he really comes in as the premier, at least statistic wise, uh, coming off of a contract where he played for under a million dollars. Patrick Robinson at least is going to earn a couple million this year. Another veteran guy. And maybe that's the slot guy. Maybe they decide they want to upgrade the slot and, and maybe address the cornerback position in the draft. They, they could totally do that. Patrick Robinson it, it might be a good candidate for that. Yeah, I'd be interested too in him. I mean, I don't, I haven't watched him closely very recently, but um, I'd be interested in a guy that could bounce from the slot to the outside. Right. So if we get into a situation where Gaines gets hurt again, if that's the guy we choose to retain, that we're not playing Leonard Johnson outside or Sharice Wright like we did this year. Yeah, that's the thing you saw is, you know, when there was injuries to the outside, they, they were in a, a really tough position because Leonard, they, they just can't move him to the outside. He's a slot corner. They just, they just don't move him. They, they bring somebody else in, and you saw Lafayette Pitts and, you know, you see some of the guys on the roster. I, I don't know that they can even go in with just EJ Gaines and just Leonard Johnson and, and, and the rest of the roster. I, I think it's one of the more interesting positions going into this offseason because the depth of the position really needs to be addressed, I think, maybe more than anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I, I mentioned uh, Brian Bordas, too, who's on our roster right now. We haven't seen him at, at all, but he's an interesting prospect. I guess last, in his rookie training camp, he really showed up for the Raiders. People were surprised that he got cut to an extent. We signed him off their practice squad, and he had 12 interceptions in his career at Duke. He's a, a bigger zone corner. Um, I think he's six foot, six foot one. So that's just kind of speaking off of mm, yeah. what of, I've of read. what you have. But, yeah, yeah. But there certainly are indications that maybe he could compete for a spot next year. All right. Well, uh, Jason, tell the people where they can find you up on the uh, Twitter.com. I am at Jason to the come talk to me. All right, Jason. Uh, so what else? Are, are you doing anything up at uh, LockdownBills.com? I am just doing podcasts right now. Uh, right now, it looks like the schedule is going to be three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. And we, me and Kevin, I think, are going to run uh, Tuesday and Thursday. And the three of us, hopefully, on most weeks, are going to be here on Wednesday. Solid. All right, brother. Uh, of course, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Nakeery, W-G-R-G-E-A-R-Y, for the spelling of my last name. Next week uh, on Wednesday, we're going to go over the linebacker position, another really interesting position defensively that uh, maybe the more talked about one with Preston Brown. What is exactly Preston Brown? Like, how does he fit in the future of this defense? And so there's a lot to talk about next week. So we'll get into the linebackers next. So uh, make sure you head to LockdownBills.com. And, of course, at LockdownBills on Twitter. This is Nate Geary. Jason Shannon here on for Lockdown Bills. Thanks for listening. Washed his hands and sealed his face.